14th Dose Coverage Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy in front of me here, Mr. Trey Hill. And uh, we're excited, man, because we, uh, we are excited to be joined today by uh, the one and only Ryan Borja, who is a contributor over there at Bulls Confidential. Also, if you guys don't follow him yet, go follow him on Twitter. He's the, the Bulls GM at Ryan Borja. Uh, on Twitter, he uh, is a salary cap enthusiast, is what it says, uh, for the Chicago Bulls. But uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, good time of year to talk Bulls basketball. It's actually, always good time of year to talk Bulls basketball, especially during uh, you know, free agency and all the craziness that brings. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I saw somewhere maybe it's probably on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time, but was, I saw somewhere that someone said, you know, I don't think we're ever going to have like a dead free agency period ever again. Like, there's always going to be something crazy that happens just because of like, you know, it just it just seems like there always is. Uh, I, I mean, is that like, do you think that's partly to do with the fact that you know the cap's risen so much and there's so much you know uh, financial like you know flexibility with these teams? Or uh, I mean, do you guys agree with that? Do you agree with that sentiment? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, a combination of social media, uh, kind of, you know, the, the, that being out there where everyone can kind of now get instant access to what happens immediately and have a reaction to it. I think that's a big part of it. I think this, the, the sport has grew more and more. Um, I think it more has to do with stuff like that versus anything else. Well, how are, how are you uh, holding in their uh, trade for this free agency period? Obviously, Gobert, our guy, got traded, but not to the Bulls. So uh, how are you feeling about this uh, free agency period so far? Uh, I mean, I think it's been oh, – I'm sorry. Come, uh, oh, I was just going to say, I, I do think we see more stars traded more often. We see guys, want, you know, requesting trades. I, I do think there is going to – that's going to – a trend that's going to continue regardless of what the owners try and get done with the CBA. But I think that's one of those you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube kind of situations. But So I I do think you're right in terms of every – I think every offseason, even if there isn't a big move, yeah. just like Ryan was saying with all the social media, with all the talk, with every athlete being on Twitter – even if there isn't a big move, I think it's going to be an exciting time just being anxious, waiting on something that might not happen. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll talk about him a little bit later, but we've got guys that uh, have intense star power these days and uh, players can just request out. Uh, you know, I'm talking about obviously Kevin Durant with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and we will touch on him a little bit later in the show, guys. But uh, I think that's something that's not going away either. Um, you know, it, the, po the power of the players. And, you know, I'm all for it, man. I'm glad they have this power, but we also see how that can backfire in these kind of situations because, man, uh, you know, it makes me laugh, man. And, and you know, I'm going to throw this to you, Ryan, actually, real quick, I just, before we get to the Bulls stuff. Um, you know, I, I saw someone out yeah, – yeah, I see people out there saying, you know, oh, Rudy Gobert went for five firsts and a, a pick swap and a bunch of young talent. So, obviously, KD's, you know, price shot up. And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like with, like, basketball or baseball cards. It's like, you know, great. You know, you've got your price that you're willing to sell your thing for, but it's only the price you're willing to sell. Your, you're only going to get that price if you can find somebody willing to pay that price. And, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets don't necessarily have a ton of leverage with KD because everyone knows that he requested out. So, uh, I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel like, uh, you know, KD's going to go for a, a monster package, as everyone's saying out there? I think he will go for a monster package. I just don't know if it's going to be uh, even as good as the Gobert package, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, the only le real leverage that that's have is he signed for four years. Uh, yeah. KD, he has no – he can't leave. So, in the end of the day, then that's, they can say, look, if we don't get an offer we want, uh, 
we don't have to trade them. No. Obviously, that's going to bring drama. Uh, but I feel like when you're trading someone like Kevin Durant, you can't just settle. Especially when you have four years, I guess three years, to figure out a good package. Obviously, I don't think it'll take that long. Um, so I do think they will actually get a good package. I, I will say, you know, in the NBA, you are limited. It's not like the Suns, for example, could trade 12 draft picks. Right. Uh, for the uh, for Kevin Durant. At the end of the day, they're they're going to be limited to four, like and a bunch of pick swaps, similar to like James Harden. Like that's pretty much as high as the team go as far as draft um, assets are concerned. Um, but you know, I, I think Katie will definitely net a starter, uh, someone like maybe DeAndre and or Miles or Mikel Bridges, if they can get those guys to agree to go want to go over there. Um, and he will get a lot of draft picks for sure. Uh, so something similar to what James Harden was trading for, four first yeah. rounds and a bunch of draft swaps in between. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, teams are traded are limited to trading. Uh, what is it like nine years out or something like that? Um, so I think the maximum is uh, was it five draft picks that they can trade out you or something yeah, like that. You can't trade consecutive years in the future. Right. And then it's uh. I think it's seven years. Seven you can do seven, seven years. years out and. Um, so the four. years that you can't just send unprotected picks, what they've been doing is giving the the team the option to swap. Yeah. yeah so like the rock the Rockets, the years they don't have the Nets picks, they'll have the option to take their picks. Exactly. As long as you're leaving yourself with a first round pick and you're not possibly leaving yourself with two years in a row, you could do it. So that kind of limits you to four every other year, and then you could do the swap option. Uh, uh, yeah, and we're, we're going to hit on some rumors later in this show. Obviously, this is a Bulls show, so we're going to move on to some more Bulls topics. But uh, definitely just a lot of curious things happen around the NBA. Uh, but before we do get started, listeners, I want to please take a moment. I uh, just ask you to go follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's fast on the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now. These guys are breaking stuff down in real time, man, as people get traded and stuff. So it's really a lot of fun to see if you're in Dynasty League like I am, uh, you know, you want to get this information out there and, uh, and be able to follow it. So uh, go follow that Twitter account. I definitely suggest that. Um, but anyway, shifting gears, guys, let's talk about the Bulls. Um, so, you know, Trey and I, uh, you know, we're, we're smarter guys, but we're pretty much average fans. So, you know, we, we hear these words being, you know, tossed around about the Bulls and the situation they're in. You know, we hear the luxury tax. We hear being hard capped, quote unquote. We hear uh, the tax apron, you know, just these terms that are kind of uh, maybe difficult for, for people to wrap their heads around. So um, when we're talking about the Bulls specifically, Ryan, you know, where, I, where, you know, where are we in terms of the cap? Like, you know, can we add uh, another guy that's, you know, a contributor for the team or, or are we looking at just minimum salaries at this point? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So the Bulls are, they're technically over the cap. Uh, but when you're over the cap, depending on where you are versus the tax, uh, you're allowed exemptions, which pretty much allow you to sign players over the cap. So the Bulls, they had the mid-level exemption, which is worth approximately $10.4 million. They used, uh, on top of my head, what, like 3.2 of it on Andre Drummond. So you're left with about seven. 
million or so. Um, you know, there was a lot of reports the Bulls are going after Danilo Gallinari, and they were going to use pretty much the rest of that exemption on him, uh, which obviously didn't happen. He chose Boston. So, um, you know, if, you, if we believe those reports as true, I think the Bulls were clearly planning on using the rest of that exemption. Now, some people believe that Jerry doesn't want to pay the tax, and he wasn't going to. But just based off that rumor alone, if that was the plan, that would have brought them into the tax. Go ahead. I was gonna say that would have brought them into the tax by what about a million and a half, right? Like not very much. It would have brought them right to the right to the, no. the edge of it, correct? Uh yeah, it would have been a little over. I don't have the exact math in my head. Uh what I'm kind of getting been... at is if they if they could have say dumped Tony Bradley at the trade deadline, maybe uh, I don't know who else is at the end of the bench. Maybe one other person at the end of the bench. They might be able. They might have even still been able to duck back under that luxury tax line by the end of the year. Yeah, no, that's one hundred percent. It's possible. Yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I think Tony. Can, I, can, yeah, can I ask a quick question? All right. So one of the guys we really were had an eye on was Isaiah Hartenstein from mm-hmm. uh, the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, we saw him go for two years, sixteen million. Is it fair to say uh, that would that would have been enough to not go not go into the luxury tax, but it would have kept us from being able to get Gallo also. So it, is it fair to say the Bulls front office prioritized Drummond and Gallo over Harden over over him? Just look, wow. looking at how things played out, or do you think he just really wanted to be a Nick? <laughs> Who wants to be um, a Nick? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's it's tough. I I I think. Problem with Hardenstein uh, was, I guess, playing time. You know, I guess obviously they had Mitchell Robinson, and I, I would assume after what they gave him, that's the plan. But you know, Mitchell doesn't play thirty plus minutes. He's always in foul trouble, and yeah. uh, I think there was more opportunity in that sense. I think you know, problem with you know, assuming that they were offering money years the same. Um, problem more here was you know Boog is still going to play uh 30 plus minutes and uh unless the idea was to play those two together which i'm sure they would have experimented with but ideally they probably you know that's something you're doing a lot i just feel like the the opportunity wasn't as rewarding for uh hardenstein here assuming the money was all the same let me ask you about another guy, and and uh, Hartenstein was like the top of uh, pretty much the top of both of our lists, I believe, uh, for for me and Trey here. But uh, second guy that we talked about you know, ad nauseum on this show was Mo Bamba. Uh, he signed a two-year, twenty-one million dollar contract with the with the Magic. I'm looking at spot track right now for his his uh, salary here. Salary comes in about ten point one million. That's that's a, obviously it's an estimate. That's not that's not you know cut in stone. But does that mean we could have afforded you know Mo Bamba with that full MLE pretty much? So that's a little above the MLE. It's uh-huh. 6.4. That seems like 11 million. Uh, I guess depending on how you structure that, uh, it could have been possible. Uh, where the Bulls, I, no, honestly, that's what I wanted to talk about. Where the Bulls messed up, and this has been talked about on Twitter a lot, is last year they used the biannual exemption, which is another exemption you can use over the cap. Uh, you can use that in the mid-level exemption. They used that on Tristan Thompson. Uh, and yeah. the only problem with that is you can't use that exemption two, year, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. What they should have done last year is get Tristan assigned to the minimum, save that exemption for this year. They could have signed Andre Drummond to that exemption, and then, then they would have had the full mid-level exemption to spend on whoever that makes the hard sign, Bamba, 
right. whoever they wanted to be good going Ari. Uh, that's really where the Bulls messed up. I don't understand why they couldn't leverage Thompson into signing for the minimum. Uh, yeah, uh, that's really where I think they kind of screwed up because they limited their assets uh, and I mean ability to uh, go go after free agents. Uh, uh, so I think that's really where they messed up. I, I, the Bamba contract seemed to be a little bit out of their price range. Uh, okay. But, yeah, but it's, it was clo- it's close enough where I don't think it should have made that much of a significant right. difference. Right. Yeah, I would that. say that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I mean, to me, it feels like, you know, the Bulls had a shot at two of our top guys here. Um, either they weren't interested. I mean, Hartenstein for sure. I think Bamba, yeah, it's, it might have been a, like a little bit less than what Orlando was offering. But um, at the same time, you can say, hey, you know, you're going to play backup minutes for, and you're going to get minutes on this Bulls team because obviously the Bulls are thin in the front court. But you're going to get backup minutes on a, you know, team that's actually competing and going to make it to the playoffs most likely, um, which is going to raise your profile instead of playing for the Magic, which, you know, obviously a smaller, smaller you know, fan base and people aren't really watching the, the Orlando Magic, you know, for better or for worse. But um, so I think I think both those guys honestly were gettable, Trey. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but let me throw this to you, Trey. Um, Reinsdorf, right? We were talking uh, and Ryan brought it up. You know, we're talking about the luxury tax and the Bulls spending into the luxury tax. They haven't done that. Uh, in a long, long time. I can't remember the exact years, but it's been a long time since they've spent the luxury tax. But here's what Reinsdorf said on the Bulls Talk podcast about the luxury tax. He said, absolutely. All you have to do is go back and look at the last number number of championship teams. How many of them were in luxury tax? With the nature of the NBA and having a soft cap, if you want to compete for championships, you have to be willing to spend into the tax. I think most people will tell you, I don't want to spend into the tax if we're not competing for championships, if we're good enough. If we're not good enough, I don't want to be eighth seed or out of the playoffs and go into the luxury tax. But when it comes to a team like the Bulls, and if we can take the necessary steps next year that allow us to compete for a championship, then for sure we'll go into the tax. It's part of the nature of the NBA. So, Trey, it sounds to me like, you know, if we really believe in this Bulls team and we've got, you know, the uh, these guys were first in the East at some point last season, right? And if they have health, that can happen again this season. If that does happen, how confident are you, Trey, that – Jerry Reinsdorf is going to open up that checkbook. Somewhat confident. To me, I I think Zach, is. this is going to be his year. He's going to turn 27, I think, this year. So to me, I think the idea is to avoid the, the repeater tax. And if Zach's prime is his, say, 28 to 31 seasons, maybe they're looking to hit the luxury tax two of those years and they're worried about if they hit this year that takes up because I think you can I think it's what three out of four years is when that third year is whenever you start getting hit with the extra penalties and one of the reasons I bring that up is because we have Ryan here to clarify that but I to me I I think if they had an all-in move something they were for sure was going to make the team a contender, say trading for a Gobert or Kevin Durant or someone like that, I think they would go all in on that. But to me, them being willing to also sign Gallo and to dip their toes over that line shows I think they were maybe willing to experiment, but they were also, like I said earlier, able to back out maybe before the trade deadline. So I think they're willing, but only only for the right opportunity in the next year or two. So, Ryan, if you don't mind clarifying about that repeater tax for us, but also I have a question for you uh, as well. So say let's say that, you know, uh, Reinsdorf is willing to open that checkbook and spend, you know, how much 
a salary can we add? Can we add somebody that's going to, you know, make us go, whoa, we can actually add that guy? Or is it like something where we can add like 15 million to our salary before we're hard capped or whatever? Um, so so Trey, Trey hit it on the nail um, about the repeater tag. Uh, to answer your question, uh, so what, one thing about that, so they, like I said, they have about $7 million left of that exemption. The problem with that exemption is if you use, it's worth 10.4, if you use uh, 6.3 million of it, you become hard cap, uh, which the Bulls would, have, would be if they choose to use the full. So that would hard cap them at the apron, which is just, Six million above the tax, which I believe that's one hundred and fifty-six, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, if if the plan was to use MLE, then that you're pretty much um, hard capped at six million above the tax, and that's as far as you could go mm-hmm. uh, um, this season for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. Unless unless the Bulls were to clear out some more, you know, like cut Tony Bradley, um, you know, there, there might be some guys that we can do that with, obviously. So, you know, they, yeah, but their they, team value would never increase past 156. 156. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. the uh, hard cap side of space right there. OK, got it. So we're not looking at, you know, adding a, a guy making 20 million or something like that. It's more like, a you know, we're, we're really looking at the team right now as it stands. And we're not really adding anybody that's going to be noteworthy unless they come. And take a, a, a pay cut, I guess, to play for the Bulls, which, uh, you know, I mean, let's talk about Dragic. You know, we just signed Dragic to a, uh, what is it, 2.9 million, I believe it was, uh, one year deal. And I believe um, that was a minimum, veteran minimum, vet minimum deal. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, um, it's a veteran deal, minimum deal. So, yeah, he'll get paid 2.9 million. The Bulls were, and we're only, we're only paying 1.8 million. The NBA will reimburse that money to him and they just do that so older players don't get discriminated against because they're, mm-hmm. they're they're more expensive mm-hmm. uh and his tax it will only be 1.8 million um but yeah, no, but yeah that's, that's that's okay so basically yeah and that's why we still I'm glad have... you clarified that because i was getting ready to be like well wait a minute i looked at the cap and it said 1.8 so thank yeah. you for that clarification yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's just uh because yeah if, if that wasn't there then teams will shy away from older players uh, right. in, in certain situations because it's just more, it would cost more money. That makes sense. So let me ask you, uh, Trey, from a basketball standpoint, you know, Dragic, how are you feeling, man? I, I'll tell you my thoughts in a minute. Let me get your thoughts first. Part Ooh. of me is, I, I know they say Lonzo is playing again, but part of me wonders if this is some Lonzo insurance because I think he is, you know, kind of a, oh. a playmaking point guard. It definitely um, is. Yeah, even if he's playing again, you know, Lonzo hasn't played, I don't believe, a full season in his career. So uh, I think it's definitely Lonzo insurance. Go ahead. I plan on bringing it up later, but it it kind of puts Lonzo on the available Mm. table for me. So Mm. uh, that that's something we'll discuss later. But to (laughs) me, it's he's a guy who he he's friends with Vooch. I really expected him to end up in Dallas, especially after Luca had the crowd chanting MVP at him the other day. Right. Um, so it, I think he's a nice addition to have because I think the Bulls needed some playmaking, especially when Lonzo was out, and that's something that he can definitely bring. Yeah, everyone all over. I, I don't think I want him to wear number one. No, he, he, <laughs> he, they won't let him. He'll, he'll get murdered in the city of Chicago. But no, um, you know, everyone all over Dallas media was saying, you know, obviously we're getting Goran Dragic because, uh, you know, he's Luca's boy or whatever. Um, but yeah, Vooch, man, he, you know. Uh, uh, recruiter in chief here, man. He brings over uh, Goran for us. 
Um, now, from a basketball fit, I, like you said, Trey, I, I think it's good to have some insurance there for Lonzo Ball. Um, you know, obviously the Bulls struggled down the stretch there without Lonzo in the lineup. Do I think Goran Dragic, you know, is entirely a good replacement for Lonzo Ball? No, of course not. He brings a very different type of play style to the game. Uh, he's not near, nearly as explosive as Lonzo, not nearly as uh, quick to get the ball off the court, but he can uh, score, he can create offense. Um, obviously, he's getting up there in age. So, you know, what we've seen from him in the last few years has not been impressive, to be quite frank. Um, but, you know, as Ryan pointed out, it's a veteran minimum deal. Um, there's basically the only risk here associated with with signing him is taking up a roster spot that could go to somebody else, uh, which at this point doesn't look with with our cap situation doesn't look like it's going to be anybody too impressive anyways. And if we need to clear up a, a roster spot, um, you know we're always we're, we're you and I have been willing to cut Tony Bradley like four times already in this podcast. So uh, get out the door, Tony Bradley. Here's a roster spot for you if we need somebody. So um, yeah, I, I mean I'm pretty mad about it, just like I've been about all the Bulls moves to be honest. You know Drummond. Uh, pretty mad about that also because it does fill a need. It, it's a big you know, body. He's he's been solid. He was solid for the Sixers um, in a, you know, a 15 to 20 minute role, backup role um, behind Embiid. And I think he can do that again behind Vooch. Uh, and, you know, obviously we re-signed Derek Jones Jr., which I'm not the biggest fan of him. And Trey, I'll let you talk more about him because I know you're more of a fan of him and more of a fan of that signing than me. Um, yeah, I think I've seen enough of, of Derek Jones Jr. myself just because um, the one limitation for me is the shooting, and I think the Bulls need to add more shooting. I'm glad that they did with Goran Dragic, um, but I just don't think that's enough. I think they needed – I would have loved to have Gallo instead of DJJ. Um, Ryan, let me point it to you, man. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, you know these guys' contracts, Derek Jones Jr. and and uh, and the other guy I mentioned, uh, uh, Drummond. And you know, tell me how that – obviously Drummond fits into MLE a little bit, um, but for DJJ, how, does his, how is his contract structured? structured? Uh, so, I mean, they just pretty much used bird rights to resign him. Uh, what was it? Two years, six million, pretty much three, like, point two a year, I guess. Uh, I don't know how they had it structured. If it's going to be a little less this year, more next year. Uh, I don't think those numbers have been released. But, um, I, I, I thought that Derek Jones signing was pretty good value for him. And this is the guy that got, what was his previous contract? Two years, 24 million, and the Bulls. We're able to get him for two years, six million. I agree with you in the sense where you know the Bulls preached wanting to improve shooting, um, and I don't really think they did anything to do that. Um, um, you know, Dragic is a capable shooter, but if I'm stressing, I need to improve shooting. That's probably not my target. Uh, right. And Derek Jones Jr. Um, so I, I mean, it was, I think it was just retaining an asset for at good value, someone that uh, helped them last year um and you know possibly uh you can involve in a trade because he has a good he has good value in the future uh i think it was more just about that um but it, you know it was weird to me how the bulls stressed they were they're gonna go after shooting and i didn't really see them do anything uh, other than the gallinari rumor which is why i kind of do believe that rumor uh uh it did address a need that they were very uh, open about yeah, I would have loved to have uh, Gallinari, honestly. Um, I didn't think he addressed all our problems, but shooting definitely, he would have addressed that. Um, how do you feel about the Drummond signing? Is that, you know, uh, a good fit for the Bulls? Um, you know, obviously. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um, I, I liked it. I thought I got way too much uh, negative negativity on uh, Bulls Twitter. Um, while yeah. I agree, uh, I think the problem with the signing is Drummond's not a player – in your, that's going to make a big difference in your playoff rotation. And he'll definitely spell, do some minutes, and 
uh, you know, he can help there. But at the end of the day, he's not uh, probably one of the five, six guys you're going to play in crunch minutes in the the situation. I really neither than any of the guys they brought in. Uh, And so that's kind of – I don't want to say it's disappointing, but it just really stresses how much better the Bulls core is just going to have to play uh, next year, uh, especially come playoff time. And it's a, it's frustrating to see, you know, uh, some of these Eastern teams, uh, Eastern Conference teams getting better while the Bulls are not really getting better. I mean, you know, we replaced some pieces. I think I think we did maybe get slightly better with, you know, adding Drummond instead of having Tony Bradley there, um, adding Dragic, obviously, as some point guard depth. So I think it's a little bit better. But, you know, you, you have Celtics going out there and splashing and getting you know, Malcolm Brogdon after, you know, finishing a couple of games short of winning an NBA finals. So, um, you know, it, it stings yeah. a little bit, you know, so it's not exactly my, I, I you know, a little disappointed. <laughs> it also stings because they didn't trade. I mean, I, I, I like Naismith, but they didn't trade anyone they played. Like everyone they were playing yeah. in those deep playoff runs, they kept. <laughs> Now we just yeah. added I saw I yeah, saw no. someone on Twitter say uh, someone on Twitter said yeah they traded their garbage lineup and a fur and a fur, protective first for uh, for Dragon that's it it was their garbage lineup that's pretty much what they gave up uh, Trey, Trey uh, after that DJJ contract signing went up you messaged me and said uh, you love it because um, you know you, you see his potential as a small ball five uh, which I don't disagree with I think it gives the Bulls some flexibility there but go ahead I'll let you go ahead and complete that thought process there. Specifically, I love the idea of playing him with Lonzo, who is 6'6". You've got Caruso, maybe have Io out there, um, and Patrick Williams. And you've got a, a super aggressive, switchable defense that I think can get be on the attack, can get out in transition, and can take advantage of the fact that they might be smaller. But I think just the way that they would be able to force defenses, especially if you're putting them against second units and just making them be uncomfortable on the offensive end. I think there's some value in that. And I, I I just, I can't give up on him. I, I I liked what I saw whenever he was, you know, he did get to play that little bit with the bulls and I've always been a fan of his and I want to see him succeed. And I think he can do it in a bulls uniform. So I like him as a backup, whether it's at the four or specifically in a small ball five role. And I'm surprised you didn't pull the, the line you always pull out, which is who's going to guard Giannis? Because that is that's a very true uh, statement. You know, if it's not Patrick Williams on this Bulls team, and you can't have Patrick Williams playing, you know, 48 minutes a night, you know, who's going to guard Giannis? The Giannis's of the world, and I think Derek Jones Jr. is a an okay answer to that. Is he my ideal answer? Uh, probably not because of his offensive shortcomings, but I think he's a he's an okay answer to that. Um, so let's let's talk about the big news here from free agency. The the reason that the Bulls, you know. They did a little, you know, average, maybe slightly above average. This, nah, I'll say average. They did average as free agency, in my, in my opinion. Because I really thought this is where you were going when you were like, "I'm sad about the Bulls' free agency because they didn't sign anyone." But at least, no, like, they, they, they did the right thing, and they, they obviously gave Zach his max, which we, you know, have said over and over again. It's the obvious choice. If they wouldn't have done it, it would have been um, absolute chaos, and, and I don't know how to. I, I would have been. Uh, I would not been a fan of that. But five years, two hundred fifteen million dollars, uh, a little bit over that, is the contract here. Um, so, Ryan, tell me a little bit about you know what this, how this affects our cap. You know, not just this year, but like moving forward. I mean, obviously that's a big number when you're just looking at it. But this cap increases every year. So, is this a good value for this contract? Do you think? Um. Is it the, I mean, so I think 
know, the Bulls, there was no, there was, there was no, nothing good was going to come from Zach just leaving uh, Chicago, which he could have done. Um, um, so, yes, I think it's good value in the sense where, where the Bulls would have been without him. Uh, it's good value. As, as far as with the, their salary cap, I mean, as long as the Bulls have this core of Ball, DeRozan, and Levine, um, you know, they're going to be over the cap. This is not going to be a team with cap space in the near future. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it was just about the Bulls retaining their best player, and that, that to me uh, was 100% necessary. And the, the number one move, uh, the number one priority they obviously had this offseason was getting back with being back, and um, they were able to do that. I'm going to have to get my receipts because I said uh, it was one of our first episodes that we did, Trey. I said that the Bulls' big plan, it was right after they got, uh, I think it was after, right after they got to Mar. And I said the Bulls' big plan was to get Zach to sign the dotted line. That was it. That was the goal of last season to prove to Zach, hey, we can put a contender around you. We are serious about winning. So it, this is a big win to me. This is a big win for me because this is uh, Arturus Arturus. I'm just going to say Arturus because I always butcher the name. This is him uh, achieving what I thought he needed to achieve. So um, how are you feeling after Zach signed that, Max? Very happy with the contract. Uh, glad to see him get a player option for him. The Bulls just seem to be handing out player options to everyone. But mm. I guess if you're going to hand them out to anyone, Zach's the guy who deserves it. So glad to see him get the contract. And I think the Bulls team, it, it goes with how healthy Zach is. They, they told us he was 50% towards the end of the, se- the last season. I saw a couple people going back and forth on Twitter. Apparently, I didn't go back and, and check this, but apparently he, he didn't dunk at all or maybe only once or twice in the entire playoffs against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he can come back and come back healthy, I think he's definitely worth the, worth the contract with just the, the numbers he's able to put up. I I'm happy with it. I'm glad they were able to get it done. I'm glad he got to to sit and enjoy and maybe have his phone ring for that one day and just have people being like, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, um, so he gave us a little him. scare there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Good for him. But I'm glad I'm glad that he's back in Chicago and I, I have no regrets whatsoever about him signing that contract. Let me ask you this. Did you ever doubt it? Because I had no doubt in my mind. I was totally confident, even though he didn't you know, that that morning of free agency opening didn't immediately announce that he was re-signing with the Bulls. I was still like, I wouldn't say 100%, but 95% confident he was coming back to the Bulls. Uh, how were you feeling? Oh, I was 100%. I'll say that. I had, <laughs> I, I never once, like, considering, like, everything I was trying to consider, every options going through my head, not once did Zach going elsewhere come into play for me. Um. And you mentioned Lonzo Ball, and you mentioned uh, being available for you now. Uh, so let me let me let me shift gears again. Let's talk about. Let's go back to Kevin Durant here. And let me read this uh, this tweet here from Mr. Pat Hunt over at uh, News Nation, a social media producer at News Nation. It says the Chicago Bulls are now the third favorite to be Kevin Durant's next team at plus a thousand for the odds. They've signed two of Durant's former teammates, which is Dragic and uh, and uh, and Drummond. So let me uh, ask you that, Trey. Do you think? That there's a chance here that KD comes to the Chicago Bulls. I mean, I think there's a chance. Mm. I've got I've got a trade for you guys. Are you yeah, ready? That's what, Are you ready for my That's case? what I was trying to get to. That's yeah, really what you're that's really what you're after, right? Okay. Let's hear your trade machine material. <laughs> so Patrick Williams. Yeah. Lonzo Ball. Io. Kobe White. 
Portland's 2023 pick that's protected, and then the Bulls can trade their 2027 pick and their 2029 pick. So the players are Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball, Kobe White, and Io. So this is what the Bulls would still have left. You've got Drogic and Goran starting, Zach Levine, DeMar at small forward, Durant and Vooch. And then your backups are Caruso, Javante Green, Terry, Dalen Terry, Derek Jones Jr., and Andre Drummond. Hey, if it gets Kevin Durant on my team, uh, I'm all for it. But, man, I, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets take that package. I like it, man. It, you know, I like um, – Obviously, I think it's I like better than anything, players. including Vooch, unless you're just unless we're yeah. just looking for an expiring. Yeah, we're just talking about the best trade that the Bulls can put out there. I mean, I don't think it's going to beat you know the Suns' offer or or the Toronto Raptors supposedly have a great offer out there. I don't think any of that's going to beat it. But if we're talking about the best Bulls offer, and if you're talking about man, the Brooklyn Nets want to. I mean, you, wanna... so you can also you could also just straight throw uh, Alex Caruso in this trade, and yeah. it would still work. Mm-hmm. Um, then you don't have him as your, you know, backup. And I, I was really trying to keep one of them, but I mean, if you can get Kevin Durant, I feel like you do it, especially if you still, if, especially if you can have Zach, Demar, Durant, and Vooch, mm-hmm. and, and Goron. Uh, I think that that would be ideal. But so that, I guess, if you go all in, throw Caruso into that. So it's Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball, Kobe White, Io, Caruso, and three picks. All the point guards and three picks. <laughs> uh, Ryan, does that uh, move the needle for you at all in the uh, Kevin Durant sweepstakes here? Um, so one thing about the Bulls draft pick situation, they don't really, they don't really have so those first. So the problem with the, the trades they made is the language they put into these deals with these protections. So like, technically they owe Orlando 2023 pick, but that technically can be conveyed to 2024. Uh, and then the spur, and then the, because if they get top four this year, they'll be go to 2024. And then, and then that's the latest that pick can convey. But the problem is, they also have this first with the Spurs that they owe, uh, for the Rosen deal. And so that can start as late as 2026. And then that has protections in it for the next three years after that. And so, in theory, the Bulls can't trade any of these first round picks because they might have to owe them later. So, so they they would have to, they would have to trade to get those protections taken off of those picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, which will be you know a little harder to do. So to be honest, I don't think there's a package the Bulls have unless uh, they can get, could get those protections changed that could nail them Kevin Durant. Um, I think it, I think it was part of the reason why the Gobert trade was never. I mean, after seeing what Utah got. Ooh, there was no way yeah. the Bulls were beating that. Uh, yeah. There was this, and so I think honestly, this I think off season, I think Doug, I think, Doug Stone is I think that's, that's his name. He kind of highlighted the Bulls' assets just weren't there to get involved in any of these these trades, uh, like specifically, specifically the Gobert situation and the KD. Uh, I think that's why they took more of a safe approach because uh, there wasn't really much they, else they could do uh, unless they can buy, get someone to buy into the Portland pick, which. Isn't anything that sexy, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's not. But it probably will convey for the Bulls because the uh, Trailblazers have gotten better with adding Jeremy Grant and all that. Um, so I'm hoping that does convey for the Bulls. But yeah, I don't. I don't honestly think the Bulls have enough to get Kevin Durant. I don't. Th- I think that's a, a real pipe dream here. Um, so you know, just relax, Bulls fans. Uh, you know, th- there's better things on the horizon for us, obviously. Uh, but it's probably not Kevin Durant. So, uh, but. 
Let me uh, ask you about another guy, Trey, uh, that's been linked to the Chicago Bulls in the past. We haven't heard a lot about him recently, but John Collins, uh, you know, the, the Hawks just made that big trade for DeJounte Murray, which is really impressive. Um, you know, going to be really fun to watch that team. But uh, John Collins still on the outs there from what we've heard. So, um, you know, is that a guy you still want for the Chicago Bulls? Let me ask you that. How are we getting John? Like, who are we sending for John Collins to match the salaries? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I, maybe maybe Ryan knows that. Is there somebody that you know slots into uh, that kind of? Like I, I have no clue. I mean, let's see. What is he making? Like Twenty three million. So I think I trade about eighteen million there, or or they can trade as much as. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess let's throw some names. I mean, Boots and Nicola, a combination of Patrick Williams and Kobe White. I mean, you pretty much got to trade like 18 million. I mean, but are, are we trading Patrick Williams for John Collins? No, no I'm, I'm not. not. I'm, I'm giving you names. I'm giving you Right, but I, that's what I'm getting at. Like, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Are we trading? Are we trading? So not, we're not trading Vucevic for him because then we don't have a center. So you're not trading Patrick yeah, Williams no. for John Collins, is that right? You're yeah, not doing that. Right, like that, that's really the Kobe question. White? <laughs> Do they want Kobe White? If they want hey. Kobe White, then uh, we can maybe talk. Yeah, nobody wants Kobe White. If, if anyone wanted Kobe White, <laughs> he wouldn't be on this team right now. Nobody wants no, Kobe White, man. I, I, I wish they did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think Collins doesn't seem to be a realistic name. Yeah, probably not. Um, the other guy that I've seen, you know, shopped around here, and they just gave up Brogdon, you know, for for peanuts basically. But Miles Turner supposedly on the tra- on the chopping block still, um, and he's been on the trade block for like three seasons now. So who knows? This there may not be any fire to the smoke, but um, but man, if if Miles Turner can be gettable, uh, you know, is, is that somebody that we we want to get? I mean, is that somebody that I guess we probably have to? I would guess he makes probably about the same that John Collins does. So we probably have to go with the same kind of thing, right? Patrick Williams. For Miles Turner, is that something you'd be into, Trey? I mean, I'd rather just do if I'm trading for Miles Turner, it'd be Vooch, I think, would be the guy I would move for him. Um Yeah, but does does the Pacers you know, do they want that? Probably not. They they much would rather I would think they'd much rather have Patrick Williams because of just they they have no chance of winning anything recently. <laughs> so Yeah, and I I love Miles Turner, but I, I also do I you know how much I value the playmaking Vooch brings on the offensive yeah. end and Miles Turner he he is kind of a a black hole on the offensive end and and I as much as I li- like I think I would do it if it was one for one I I feel like the Bulls would have to attach more to it and I just I don't think it moves the needle enough for me Ryan what do you think about Miles Turner? Uh, I mean I like I, 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 everything you said I like Miles Turner. Um, in terms of um, you know making a trade work for here, I mean everything that you said. I mean, one would would make sense, I guess, but um, I don't. I mean, in the end, I don't know why they would be interested in that. And then um, you know he would be, I guess, better rim protection. He can shoot the three probably a little better, but you know they I, I, he highlighted Boots passing, how they use him as a role man and making decisions as that man would definitely uh, not be as good. Um, and he just recruited Dragic, really so. 
He just he just recruited yeah. Dragic. So you know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna recruit this guy for you, and then you're gonna trade me. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, you know, we're being realistic here in this podcast. I know that's not the most fun thing uh, out there, <laughs> listeners, but uh, I mean, you know, I tried to trade picks that we we basically can't trade, so we're only being slightly realistic here. Just slightly realistic. Oh. All right, but uh, folks, while we are talking about all this movement, though, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason. Only the pre-draft season, and here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well but only if you're part of our premium member team head head to sportsethos.com now and click on this premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today seriously cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99 what a steal uh, see you guys there. So, uh, yeah, definitely go grab that. Um, one last thing before we end this, guys, and I just want to talk about, you know, we have, uh, I think, about $7 million left in our MLE, is, is, if that's correct. I, I think that's a, around $7 million. And I've got just kind of a list of, you know, free agents here. Um, let me ask you this. Let, let me throw this to you first, Trey. If the Bulls were to add somebody in, you know, whatever, cut Tony Bradley to create a roster space, you know, what would you want to see them add? Would it be a wing, a shoot, more shooting, a big man, what? I mean, a wing or rim protection if you if you go big. So, so probably let me, let me, a wing, probably another wing. What about T.J. Warren? Can is he gettable for that low amount of money coming off that injury? That would be a Ryan question, I think more more so. But at this stage, I. If he hasn't signed yet, I kind of wonder if if you can if you can offer him minutes. And I guess the real question would be, given the depth that the Bulls have, is he going to be able to get back on the floor enough to show teams next offseason that hey, I'm back for good? What do you think, Ryan? Do we have a shot at TJ yeah. Warren here? I mean, I, I couldn't. I don't. I, I don't know what his market is. Uh, what teams are uh, exactly what every team has available to them i mean uh but um you know coming off that he hasn't played what a year and a half mm. I and mean, i feel like the you know the money they could offer him makes sense um but I, I, it's tough for me to sit here and say i know what his market is right I do not know. Yeah. yeah yeah so he i mean he make man more but if we could get him for that low amount of money he's not going to help us defensively but you know he did score a 50 piece in the bubble man i mean this guy's a, a skilled offensive player and uh, assuming Kobe is at least facing a diminished role this season, and, you know, we're trying, obviously he's on the block. We've been trying to move him. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I think he might start getting a diminished role here. So maybe, you know, this is the guy that can jump in and be the scoring off the bench. Um, here's another guy for you, uh, Trey. I'll throw it back to you, man. Um, I think Cody Martin actually agreed to a, 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 a Charlotte. Right. Yeah, he, he agreed to a contract extension with Charlotte, I believe. So I think he's pretty much off the table. But Caleb Martin, I don't think he's uh, been given anything besides a qualifying qualifying offer over in Miami, which is like two point something million. So um, how do you feel about Caleb Martin? I'd love to have him. Yeah, that's a guy I would like to have. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Yeah, he's you know, a good D and three guy. Um, I think. It would make some sense. I would, I would definitely like Caleb Martin. I think he could definitely fit into the MLE. I don't. Uh, again, I don't know what his market is, but yeah, you know, seven, yeah. I, I, if, if he can take seven million dollars, I mean, not seven, anywhere in that range of seven million, I think would be a good signing. The problem is they have. It's, I mean, I guess we can drop Tony Bradley. I guess no problem. I was gonna say they have fifteen guaranteed contracts, but yeah, no. So yeah, no. I, I guess that yeah. would drop Tony Bradley. 
Yeah, Tony totally Bradley. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony totally <laughs> Bradley opted to, into that player option. I was like, dang, man. But of course he did because no one else is going to pay him two million. So he's making two million now. But like, you know, you can just caught him and and open up a, a, a roster spot. Um, one other guy I got for you guys, and he was just released today. Let me ask you about this guy that's still out there, uh, Trey, Mr. Isaiah Roby, uh, just released today by the Oklahoma City Thunder. This guy showed some promise, man. He can step out, hit a three. Um, I wouldn't say bad defense. He's a pretty good defender, pretty versatile, honestly, too. Uh, if the Bulls take a flyer on this guy for, you know, maybe we got $7 million left. Maybe that's what it takes. I don't know. But uh, is this guy you like for us? Sure. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, that's, that's, I guess. that's not too excited. I, <laughs> I don't. Excited. I don't know that I would bother cutting Tony Bradley for. Like, I don't know that I would bother c- cutting someone I, from the roster I just just to bring him in. I think I would. I think he's. Just, he, he. I mean, no, like, but you hate Tony Bradley. Like you, you despise that man so much. Uh, um. I mean. Uh, yeah. You can be the tiebreaker here. Yeah, are yeah, you cutting? Ahead. Are you cutting Tony Bradley to bring <laughs> Roby in? Um, so, I mean, in the, in the off season, you can carry more than they can. They, so the Bulls have that, that TCE, uh, from the feast, uh, Daniel right. Dice, I'm sorry. Uh, they could put a claim on Isaiah Roby and, you know, and they can, they can go over the roster limit right now and keep them around. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them doing that now, as far as come regular season, would I do it? Um, I mean, I think at that point you had enough time to see him in training camp to make a, a better decision then. I, I would consider putting a claim on that was that was great. Fence that is right, no, that's, that's that was yeah. great fence yeah. right. Thread the needle, but that was no, that was a good answer though because that is a smart thing to do. Go ahead and see, you know, see what you got there. I'm telling you right now, yeah, Trey. I mean, if I had to make a decision right now, I mean, the Bulls. Yeah, I, I guess. Man, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they have four centers, but I don't really trust Marco. Uh, so. Uh, I don't think Marco – I don't know if he'll ever be ready, but I don't think he's ready, man. But he was crushing it in the G League. We've talked about it a few times here. You know, it's something like yeah. eight points a game or something like that. But um, but that's G League, so it doesn't necessarily translate all the time. Um, so I'm, I, I'm not too sold on Marco just yet either. I, I did like what I saw out of, out of him in Summer League last season. I think he's playing in Summer League this year too, so I'm going to be watching that as well. So um, hopefully he has another good Summer League, and maybe he is the answer. I don't know. But, hey, I'm telling you right now, Trey – Isaiah Roby, better than Tony Bradley. Mark my words there. I don't know how I'm going to prove it, but uh, but there you go. I'm, I'm going to be able to pull the audio now. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Um, but that's going to do it for us here at the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. Uh, again, I am your host, Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at Keith. And, uh, Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And, Ryan, man, where can people find you and, uh, you know, anything you want to plug? Uh, I mean, just, just you can just follow me on Twitter uh, at Ryan Borja, my name, the Bulls GM. Uh, it's just for fun, you know. I really just do it for fun uh, as a hobby. So, but come join if you want to. <laughs> yeah, man, it's he, a great it's a, a great Twitter follow. And I, I you know, I, people who listen to this know I don't stick, I don't talk a whole lot about the guests. I don't like to kiss up to them. But it, it's a great Twitter follow. I recommend it for any Bulls fan. Definitely, man. Right, so. Man, Keep on top of it. Keep on top of that cap for us because, uh, yeah, we'll be following. I, I always uh, like to read your stuff, man, so it's awesome. So, all right, guys, until next time. Over. Then